0: Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive. I am your host, Lorianne Sheldrig, the Contagiously Positive Girl, and every single week I come here to help you make happiness your permanent default setting. I believe that your level of happiness is going to be one of the most life-altering things you choose to have every single day. And it isn't about choosing to be a perfect little happy robot, it is about choosing a happy life, regardless of what challenges you have to face. So choose happiness today and unleash your inner, contagiously positive tomorrow. Let's begin. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's share. So today we're talking about work. You spend on average eight hours a day at work, which turns into 40 hours per week, 160 hours per month, and 1920 hours per year. So why is this podcast so important? If you work on average eight hours a day, most of us are 12. If you factor in the commuting and the time, that's half of your day focusing on your professional life. So this podcast is really important. This share is so important. Today, I'm talking about what you can do to not just enhance your positivity at work, but to be the type of leader that you want to be if you are the leader, what you can do to create a cohesive team and how to have a human resources department that actually takes into account the human beings who are the heartbeat and life force of your corporation. And also, if you are not the owner of the company, you're still a leader But I'm going to give you tools from your perspective on what you can do to ensure that the environment that you work in isn't toxic and things that you and your team can do to ensure that not only are you a cohesive team, but you're not doing the things that create barriers to having a cohesive team and create and spread toxicity like wildfire through the workplace. So we're going to be talking about a lot today. So I want to dive right in. So, first of all, we just went through how many hours you spend at work. What I want you to do is, I want you to imagine something here because I think that a lot of people are experiencing this right now. I want you to imagine that you're spending those 1,920 hours a year disliking your job, not working cohesively with your coworkers not respecting the leader of the company, working in a toxic environment, not being in the right position for your skills and strengths, uh, not doing work that is fulfilling, or maybe it's all of those. If you're the leader and the owner of the company, I want you to imagine that your team is doing this 1,920 hours every single year and and, and this is the environment and the culture of your workplace, because this is for both of you. This is for the leader, the owner of the company, the decision maker, but this is also for the entire team. So if that's the case, wouldn't then it be true that that would have a domino effect on your personal life, on your relationships, And on the over well-being of you as a human being, but also the culture of the workplace and wouldn't it then have an effect on the growth and success of the company, right? And and for many... You're probably thinking right now, yes, of course, I'm already living that. It already has a domino effect on my personal life. I'm not liking my job. I'm not liking what I'm doing. I'm not feeling fulfilled. My company doesn't understand me. My boss doesn't give me the support that I need. And for the leader, the owner of the company, you might be thinking, oh my God, why is everybody, why isn't anybody working together? Why is there so much toxicity? Why can't I keep my employees? Why is there such a high turnaround rate? Why, 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 why? So with all the time that we're not only spending at work, but with our team, wouldn't it make sense then that to answer all of this why, to solve all the problems of these whys, it would be to ensure that you and your team are being, and most importantly, experiencing not just your professional best, but your personal best. Listen, I believe that corporations can no longer have their employees make a full separation from their personal and their work lives. I believe that it's never worked and I believe that it isn't working today. It just doesn't work. And the reason why is what I've already talked about. If you're working 8 to 12 hours a day, that is half your day. And I don't know about you, but there is no way, absolutely no way that my personal life is never going to overlap my professional life. It's impossible. I'm one human being. So when I go into into organizations, I treat each person in that workshop, each per- participant as one whole human being so that the, the tools that I'm giving them for their professional life also have a domino effect on their personal life and vice versa. Because here's what I see happening. We have these expectations that are put on us, that we put on ourselves and that we put on others. And as you know, when it comes to expectations, the unattainable ones, the ones that are impossible are what's creating toxicity, not, in just, in the, not just in the workplace, but in our lives. So the expectation that I see people have in a work environment is to be a perfect little robot for eight to 12 hours a day, five days a week. And that is 100% an unattainable expectation. And if this is the expectation that's being put on us, that you're putting on others and that you're putting on yourself, this is why we're seeing the turnover rate higher than ever. This is why people are becoming disengaged. This is why people have chronic stress. This is why people are burning out. This is why people are leaving companies. This is why sick leave is like is on is is so high every single year. This is why decisions are not being made because no one wants to be wrong or even fail, right? Um, or the decisions aren't being made because the. It hasn't been given to the person, the responsibility hasn't been given to the person to even make the decisions. Having this expectation, unattainable expectation, it creates a lack of productivity, this I have too much on my plate so that's not my job mentality, and all of this creates these attitudinal toxic barriers that keep teams from doing the thing that you want them to do, which is work together as a team. And what I want to see and what I'm starting to see organizations do and see the importance of it is not only have teams work together cohesively, but have everyone in the right positions and getting the right support. So important. So pre-contagiously positive days, anything that was before the time I started my company contagiously positive is pre-contagiously positive days. I spent 10 years working in a corporation, working in project management, um, so I've learned I learned a lot in that ten years working with that company, and then I've spent the past seven years facilitating corporate workshops. So I've seen a lot about what makes a team work together cohesively, and I've also seen a lot personally and professionally um, what creates a toxic environment. So. Something that I talk about all the time here on the podcast is putting yourself in the driver's seat of your life. So when you're thinking about putting yourself in the driver's seat of your life, doing that in the workplace should also be on your list. It's no different. If you're spending eight to 12 hours a day at work, this, it is essential to put yourself in the driver's seat of your life with regards to your career or job. Because again, it's where we're spending massive amounts of our time. So if you hate it, you may have noticed that those negative feelings are often spilling over into your personal life as well. So to feel a sense of harmony, I'm not using the word balance here because I don't believe in work-life balance. You can't give everything 100% of your time. So I call it harmony. So to feel a sense of harmony, it's really important to feel fulfilled in your personal life. And the workplace you're in is no exception because it's not a separate part of your life. You don't wake up, jump out of bed in the morning, get into this new body, have a new mind, have a new personality and go to work as a totally separate human being. You're still the same human being. So... One of the workshops that I offer is called Enhancing Your Positivity in the Workplace. And this is something really, really important that I teach on how to ensure that everybody sees that they are human beings. So what I do is my training is to help the team personally and professionally to strengthen their mental, emotional and attitudinal muscles so that they're strong at work and at home. I want the domino effect to be full range, all the way around. Obviously, there's certain things that you're not going to do at home that you do at work and things that you do at home that you're not going to do at work, but you're still the same human. And that is the perspective that I take on and that's how I come at it. So what I'm going to share with all of you today is two perspectives to create a positive work environment a positive work environment, because I think it's really important to see it from the perspective of the leader, those who are making the decision and those who are making the policies, right? Because what I hear often when I'm in these workshops is, well, that sounds great, but it's not going to mean anything if the leader of the company is not going to allow us to do it or is not going to support us. Totally, totally true. But there's also another perspective as well, which is what you, the team can do because the leader of that company can't carry everything on his or her back. They can't do everything, which is why they hired and which is why they have this team around them. So there is a responsibility on both parts, okay? That is what creates a cohesive team. And that is what I'm gonna teach and share all of you today. So I wanna begin with, uh, let's begin with the head honcho, what the leader can do, because this is really, really important. So I'm gonna talk about two things here. One, examining the human resources department. Two, taking on the responsibility of being a leader and all that that entails. And three, offering training that actually strengthens the team and the individuals. So that's what I'm going to talk about here. There's a little bit for everyone here, even if you're not like, quote unquote, the head honcho or the owner of the company. So let's start with number one, which is examining the human resource department, okay? Has the HR department of your company become just a liability policy? So it's really important that the companies have policies and that the company has step-by-step procedures and that the company um, protects the well-being of the company. All of that is important, right? It isn't one or the other. It's not choose one over the other. It's both. Protecting the company is important. Having procedures and policies is important. That is very, very necessary for the financial well-being and the growth of the company. But there also has to be a human component, okay? This is really important. And as leaders and as managers and as business owners, we can't forget about this human component because it has an impact. Having a toxic work environment has a financial impact on the organization. So these again, the that your team, these humans that you've hired, that's the heartbeat of your company. So if you've taken out the human component, that's going to create a tux- toxicity in the work environment and that is going to have a financial impact and a growth impact of the company. So I've facilitated a lot of corporate workshops over the years. And this is the number one, and I'm not even kidding you, this is the number one complaint that I get from company employees. We feel like we're just another number. We feel like we're not respected. We feel like our managers don't listen and we feel like our human resource department is just liability insurance for the company and doesn't actually have our best interests as heart and that's not included in the human resources, which really comes down to they feel like there's no human in their human resources. So as you know, toxicity in the workplace can spread like wildfire. So unless the leader of the company makes their employees, you know, human beings a priority, that fire is just going to continue to spread. It's not going to matter if you get rid of those employees or they leave and new employees come in. That fire is just going to constantly either spread or get relit. Okay, so we've got to change. We have to flip around the perspective. So again it's not one or the other however what if instead of constantly trying to add more policies and procedures to the mix to fix the to fix the issue we understand that let's say jane that jane isn't just employee number 592 but jane is a woman jane has goals jane has desires jane has struggles Jane has wants and needs. Jane has family and friends. Jane has hobbies that she would like to make more time for. And Jane also comes with specific skill sets and specific strengths and specific personality traits that are only Jane's that can be used to not just her advantage, but also the company's advantage. So it's really important to pull all that out of Jane and really get to know Jane and where her strengths are and what her needs are and and ensuring that she's staying not just, you know, professionally strong, but she's also being guided and supported to have her mental and emotional and attitudinal muscles strengthened as well. This is really important and ensuring that she's in the position to be able to use her skill sets and supported that and supported for that and to know that you know Jane's personality and you know her strengths and she's in the right role for your company. So not only does she feel good, she's also helping the bottom line of the company that you are trying to grow. And on the other side of that, we have John. Okay. What if John is Able to have work-life harmony without putting his marriage at risk, without feeling constantly stressed out, without feeling he's burnt out because you as the leader are implementing a human policy in your HR department that enforces work-life harmony, right? So that John doesn't have to feel guilty, so that John doesn't have to be shamed, or that John doesn't have to burn himself out trying to live up to this unattainable unattainable expectation. So, you have those those policies and procedures in place that protect the company, but you're also implementing the human policies and procedures that enforce work-life harmony. So now John and Jane, right? John and Jane are working for your company. And they're being given the tools and support and guidance to make their life excellent so that they can be their personal and professional best, which is also making the company excellent and making the company one of the best. So you got to put the human back in human resources. And by putting human back in human resources, this is so important, which is why I'm repeating it. We work on dealing with the Biggest, realist issues that make a work environment toxic. So some of those issues are gossiping. I'm going to tackle that today. Um, I'm going to talk about that with you. Bullying, turf protecting. That's mine, 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 mine. Constant negative criticism, lack of teamwork, lack of communication, negative attitudes, right? Just having a a, a freaking office full of nasty energy vampires, toxic. Another toxic environment, uh, a barrier is the get barrier. That's me. That's for me. It's all about me. It's got to be all about me. A lack of, corp- of cooperation, which is that's not my job. You hear that all the time. And stress, 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 and more stress, which is leading to a culture of burnt out employees. These are All real issues that make a work environment toxic. And these are all things that need to be put into our policies and procedures so that we ensure that we're putting the human back in human resources. And putting human back is easy. It's simply doing the opposite of all the toxins that I just mentioned and make health and wellness in your workplace a priority, right? And that means being a leader, creating leaders, even if they don't think they're in a leadership role this is so so important so that's number one examine your human resource department and ensure that human is really 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 acknowledged when you're developing your human resource department when you're putting workshops together when you're putting your human your policies and procedures together and um when you're working on creating a healthy environment, you ensure that those toxins are being met and you have a zero tolerance for gossiping and bullying and turf protecting and constant negative criticism and lack of teamwork. If you're keeping people on, who are who are acting this way, who are gossiping, who are bullying, who have the negative attitudes all the time, who have a lack of communication, who don't want to work as a team, who are giving constant negative criticism. Let me tell you, those people are going to be the ones who stay and all of the people that you want who were who will who would have created a healthy environment are going to quit and are going to leave. So, putting the human back is being The leader, and that means what we're going to talk about next, taking on the responsibility of being a leader. We're all leaders in and out of the workplace, but if this is your company, if this is the responsibility that you took on when you got hired to do the job, if you have a team under you, you have a responsibility as a team leader to ensure that the human policies and procedures are being respected in the workplace. I'll tell you this right now. You can write teamwork slogans all over your office, and you can spew bumper sticker quotes until you're blue in the face. But having a strong team, a strong team means creating a strong environment. And to do that, you as the leader have to keep yourself in the leadership driver's seat. So there's a few things as a leader that you're responsible for one, practice what you preach because the do as i say not as i do scenario it doesn't work people see through it right people don't do what you say they do what you do because we learn by example so if we don't see it being done not only are we not going to believe it we're not going to we're not going to do it because we're going to have the mentality well you don't do it why should i we follow by example or what i see happen is we break away from the pack because we don't like the way the pack is being led. And many times, oftentimes, most times people are quitting their boss, not the company. They actually love the job they're in. They just don't like the leader leading it. So this is really important. Practice what you preach. Don't just tell them what to do. Show them. So I worked, I loved I loved my boss so much. So um, Bill Burke was, my boss for he was my leader my boss feels weird calling him my boss but he was my boss technically on paper he was my boss but he never acted that way one day he came into the office and the floor was full of mud someone had come into the office and the floor was full of mud and it was on the sales center side of it and that was the side that always looks really good because people were coming in and that's what people were going to see first and there he is mopping the floor And I'm like, Bill, what are you doing? You should not be doing that. And he's like, well, why shouldn't I? The floor's dirty. It needs to be cleaned. There's the mop. There's the bucket. I'm mopping it. Next time someone sees him doing that, or next time he's not there and that floor is dirty, guess what's going to happen? They're not going to say, well, let's just wait for the cleaners to do it. They're going to do it. Right? Lead by example. Bill never told me what to do. He showed me. And then over time, as I got used to working with him, I would just do the things before he even asked me because he was so good at leading by example and because I wanted nothing more than to please him and show him that he could rely on me, he could depend on me. And because I respected him so much... I wanted to do everything and put the time in to help him and his company succeed, right? I would have never quit him. I would have never quit him. And in fact, even when I had to leave my job because I was, I was being relocated, this is actually a really funny story. So I worked for this company for five years, uh, for 10 years. And then I worked under the, the Burks for, I think, four or five out of those 10 years, Um, and my husband got relocated, my husband and I, but my husband got a new job in Saskatchewan. So we were living in Ottawa at the time and he, we were getting relocated to Saskatchewan. So he went first because I made the decision that I wanted to finish this, finish this project with the Burks before I left. So about a month goes by and my husband says to me, have you resigned yet? And I said, no, I haven't resigned yet. I don't, I don't want to leave Bill. I don't want to hurt Bill. Like I don't want to disappoint Bill. And my husband said to me, he's like, we've relocated. Our house is sold. I'm already living in Saskatchewan. Like you need to resign. And the reason why I was having an issue or not an issue, but was so scared to resign was because I didn't want to quit my boss right? I knew I needed to leave the company, but I didn't want to leave my boss. I didn't want to leave Bill and I didn't want to disappoint Bill. And this is why practicing what you preach and not just having people say, well, do as I say and not as I do. This is why this is so important because your team will bend over backwards to to help you grow and support your company and your mission. And that is why that is so important. So that's your responsibility as a leader is to practice what you preach. And your other responsibility as a leader is being willing to do what others won't, right? Being the pack leader, I'm telling you, my God, it takes a lot of mental, emotional and attitudinal strength to be the pack leader because it takes so much of your energy, so much of your time and so much of your patience, right? practicing what you preach that takes a lot of energy because sometimes you just want to say do as I say not as I do sometimes you really do want to do that because you're so exhausted but that's why it's so important for you to keep your mental and emotional and attitudinal muscles strong and to make sure that you're putting that energy resources back into yourself because you are gonna have to do things that other people won't and when you do that this means that you're going to have to get prepared not to be liked by everyone, even though it sucks. And I know it sucks because listen, you're going to have to make decisions that serve the highest good of not just the company, but the employees who keep it running. And I'm telling you right now, you don't need to be liked by everyone to be respected. So if you have a bully on your team, if you have someone who doesn't want to work um, work together in teamwork because they're all about the, the me 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 it's all about me if you have these people on your team who are spreading toxins through your company that means you have to make the decision to let them go because I'm telling you right now if they don't change if they don't change and you don't let them go you're gonna lose the people who are gonna quit their boss not the company right You're going to lose their respect because they see you're allowing this toxic person to stay within the company. So that's why it's so important to be willing to do what others won't do, right? Not everyone's going to like you, but I'm telling you right now, those people who don't want to quit you, those people who want to help you do everything they can to have you, to help you grow your company and be successful, they're gonna respect you so much, right? The bullies, the gossipers, the one who it's all about them, the ones who don't want to be a part of a team environment, the ones who don't want to change, the ones who aren't willing to support their other their other team members. It's okay if they don't like you. It's okay. It's not their company. It's not their company. It's yours. You are the leader, and that means being willing to do what others won't. Okay, So this is so, so important because you're not just managing a tribe. You're leading the tribe to become leaders. So you need to communicate. You need to give positive reinforcement. You need to learn how to give constructive criticism when it is needed to help someone else succeed. And you need to teach your team in a way that makes them look good, not just you. So that means investing in developing relationships with your team. Not as their best friend. You're never going to be their best friend. But investing in them in a way where you know who they are. You know what makes them tick. You know what their strengths are. You know how to communicate with them. And all of that will help you lead them. So Jolene Watson, she's one of my dearest friends. She's a professional speaker across Canada, and she's also the owner of Clarity Coaching and Development. And she has this amazing platinum rule that she says every single person and corporation should follow, which is treat people the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated. And this is so important because we all are so unique. And we like to be communicated in diff- to in, in, in different ways. We have different strengths. We have different weaknesses. We have different likes. We have different dislikes. So you can't do this until you actually invest in getting to know them and having your team get to know each other. This is so important. The platinum rule is what should be written on every single wall. Treat people the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated. And this is so, so, so important. If you mess up, like I'm just going to, I just want to just say here because I don't want us to put unattainable expectations on ourselves or on others. But as a leader, yes, there are things that you need to do as as a leader. And yes, you have a responsibility as a leader. But I'm telling you right now, if you mess up, that's okay. Okay. You're a human being. You just push the reset button and you say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to be better next time. A leader knows, this is the thing, a leader knows that if she or he messes up, they can always choose to be better tomorrow than they were today. This is a learning process. All of this is a learning process. You're working with other human beings and that comes with patience, that comes with its own stress, that comes with its own challenges, but it is possible, right? It is possible. And that's why it's so important to invest in getting to know each other, invest in the mission of the company, invest in the mission of the team, invest in a purpose, have a really strong why. And that's why it's so important to have them understand that you're in this with them as well. You're a part of the team as well. But also, you're going to be willing to do what the other people won't want to do. And that what that's what separates you and that's what makes you the leader. Not separates you, not separate you by you are better than them, but you are the leader. You're not just managing the tribe. You're leading the tribe to become leaders themselves. Okay? And by doing that, you have to be okay with every once in a while. You're gonna mess up and you're gonna get back up and you're gonna say, I choose to be better tomorrow than I was today. That's it. Strive not to just be a success, but to also be a value. That's what Albert Einstein said once. And he had this great quote, and that was strive not to be a success but rather to be of value. And that is leadership to its core, being of value to your team, to yourself and to your company. And then imagine what people will do for you, right? Without you even having to ask. And that's really what you want. So to wrap this up, from the leadership perspective, if this is something that's really important to you and you're like yeah okay you know what it's time to put the human back in human resources and it's time for us to become a cohesive team offer training that strengthens the team and the individual so when you're preparing to have a workshop for your team make sure that it isn't just a random workshop that you're going to check off your list and that you're thinking you know they'll just be happy that i gave them something so Along with the practical skills workshops and with the management skills and the maybe the sales training, maybe the accounting training, maybe the project management training, one of my recommendations is to also offer workshops that help you and your team have a strong mind. Here's why this is so important and here's why this is what I do when I facilitate workshops. Having a strong mind means having a strong team because your mind all of our minds your mind is involved in every single thing that you do so if you and your team strengthen your mental muscles you you learn how to be proactive instead of reactive right you want to react proactively not be reactive this is so so important um, so what that means is you're training your brain to be in solution mode instead of fear and reactive mode where problems can't be solved from that place and um, you learn how to increase confidence levels. And when when you have confident, when you're confident and when your team is confident, everyone can make decisions with less stress and more ease. This is so amazing. People, when people are confident, they're okay with asking for help. When people are confident, they don't feel like they need to protect their turf. When people are confident, um, there is not an unhealthy competition. So this is really important. Also, when you have a team where you're constantly strengthening your mental muscles, what you do is they, you and your team learn to remove any limiting belief or any negative programming that's preventing you and that's preventing them from actually being their personal and professional best. Because oftentimes I see that when we have limiting beliefs and negative programming that people are coming into the workplace with, if we can remove these, all of a sudden this toxic barrier tends to just fall away. And then they can also have these limiting beliefs and negative programming be healed, be um, no longer be a barrier that is affecting their personal life as well. And this again increases confidence and this again helps them to become solution-based mindset instead of always in problem mode and then all of this helps them and you to manage stressors and not just stress but stressors because we're going to have everyday stressors to manage stressors in a really effective way so that it doesn't gain momentum doesn't gain momentum and become chronic because that is how toxicity in the workplace spreads. It gains momentum and more momentum and more momentum and more momentum because no one has said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's put the brakes on this so that it doesn't become chronic. So those are some things that you can begin to do as the leader of the company, as the decision maker of the company. So don't go anywhere though, because now, If you're not the leader or even if you are the leader, even if you're not the decision maker, this is for the team. This is what you can do as the team member of the corporation. So as I've already mentioned over and over and over again, because when I when I'm a broken record, it's not because I've forgotten about what I've said is because it's a really important (laughs) principle that I want like implanted into your subconscious mind. Even if you're not in a formal leadership position, you're still a leader and you can still make a positive impact. So I don't want the, well, my leader should do that. I shouldn't have to do that. It's not my company. That's not what we want to do. That is not what creates a cohesive team. So if you want to learn how to be happier at your current job or your future job, wherever it is that you are right now or wherever it is that you're going, there are things that you can do to enhance not just the positivity in the workplace, but your coworkers as well. So, these are also things if you are the decision maker of the company, if it's your business, or if you are the leader and you're in that management position, these are things that can go into that human relation, relations. Um, human resources policies and procedures checklist, okay? Because remember I was talking about the bullying and the gossiping and ensuring that you have a zero tolerance. These are things and ways that you can incorporate this and ensure that your team does as well. So first, 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 first. and most important, you got to know yourself. You have to know yourself. And you have to know who you are. This is really important uh, for anyone in the corporation, for wherever you land on the team hierarchy. And you might be thinking right now, like, Lorianne, I know who I am. I'm Jane, and I work at this company, and this is my role, and I have my my roles and responsibilities, Liz. Listen, when I say know yourself, I don't mean what you do at work. I mean your strengths, your weaknesses, your weaknesses, how you handle stress, how you communicate to others and how you like to be communicated to, what makes you tick, what you enjoy doing, what you don't enjoy doing, right? Are you in the right role for your personality and strengths? It's that simple. What makes you tick? What are your strengths? Who are you? Not just what your roles and responsibilities says, but who you are. Knowing yourself is so important. So for me, honestly, I cannot recommend Myers-Briggs enough and I highly encourage everyone to do a deep dive into your personalities. I like Myers-Briggs because it is that deep dive right to the core personality assessment. There are so many, but I love this one because it goes right in and I did this and I did this when I started my company actually. And um, one of my friends, Jolene Watson, again, Jolene Watson of Clarity Coaching and Development, she's a she's a Myers Briggs practitioner. And she took me through my personality assessment in a full deep dive. And it helped me and showed me how I manage stress, what my typical top stressors are, so that I could really have a bird's eye view so that I could learn to problem solve before. Before it became a, before it becomes chronic, um, also where my biggest strengths are, so I can ensure that I'm spending most of my time on my strengths, and also showed me what my main weaknesses were and are, so that I can learn how to train myself to ensure that that weakness doesn't become a barrier to not just my personal growth but my per- my professional growth as well. It was life transforming for me, so. Isabel Briggs Myers, who's one of, who was one of the creators of the Myers-Briggs personality type assessment. I'm doing a butchering job explaining what it is, but it's personality assessment. One of the quotes that I love that she said is, it is up to each person to recognize his or her true preferences. So, We all have, we're we're all different in some ways, and some of us more than others. And another thing that she says is when people differ, a knowledge of type lessens frictions and eases strain. So when we know ourselves and each other, it really helps us to not only reveal our differences, but to value each other's differences. And also something that she says is no one has to be good at everything. So this is so important. Knowing yourself, if everybody on the team knows themselves, then first of all, the leader can ensure that they're in the right role and you can ensure that you're in the right role as well. And you can ensure that you're working for the majority like 90% of the time hopefully from a place of your strengths not 90% of the time from a place of the things that you don't like and from your weak points because what's going to happen is you're going to be stressed or stressed, stressed you're going to be hustle hustle hustling and you're going to end up burning out and you're going to end up not liking your job okay so that's the first thing know your Self. And again, I highly recommend the Myers Briggs personality assessments because they do such a good job at going doing that deep dive. And it's a really, really good one for um, the professional world. Really good one for you professionally and also personally, but super, super highly effective for your career and for your professional life. So when you do the personality assessments, if everyone in the team did it, this would be a really great opportunity to ensure that everybody communicates with each other on their personality styles so that everybody can get to know each other. Because again, when you can reveal people's, your differences and know other people's differences, you could begin to value each other's differences and this will lessen the toxicity in the workplace, lessen the friction, and will ease so much strain that often happens when we don't know each other. goes right back to that platinum rule. This is a really great way that you can incorporate that platinum rule into the team environment. Treat people the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated. And if everybody can know each other, but that can't happen until you know yourself, then the platinum rule will be really easy to incorporate and you will have the most cohesive team and will not just be a financially successful company, but you'll just be a successful company all the way around. So talk about the growth in that, right? Like amazing growth. So I wanna discuss three toxic barriers that you can recognize and avoid. Because this is so important because there are three main toxic barriers that I see that create a toxic work environment. And that are the number one complaints that people say, well, this is why the environment's toxic. This is why I'm unhappy at work. This is why I'm unhappy with, with my leader and with my boss because they're not taking care of these issues. So one is gossip. Two is ter- turf protecting turf protecting and three is a lack of respect for being different and listen there's way more but these are the top three and this is what I'm going to tackle today because again of course it's important that the company have policies for these but it doesn't just start at the top it might begin at the top but it also starts and ends with you and me and with the team because the company can write that policy in blood. No bullying or no gossiping, whatever, right? They can write that in blood, but it's not gonna mean anything if you're not actually willing to act in a non-toxic way. So let's take a look at these three toxic barriers and what you can do. So first of all, the first one that I see is gossip. Oh my God. Gossip spreads like wildfire through the workplace and is the number one cause of a toxic team environment there's no benefit to it. There's no benefit to it because all it does is it makes you and makes you look small and it makes the person that you're gossiping about feel really small. So this is massive barrier to having a cohesive team. And one of the questions that I ask often of my workshop participants is, have you ever felt good when you say nasty things about someone And most of them answer, no, like most of them say, no, I don't. I'm just so unaware sometimes that I'm that I'm gossiping. And then when they found out the thing that I said about them, I felt really bad. I've never felt good when I've said something nasty about someone. And I used to when I worked in the workplace um, before I became an entrepreneur, I used to give in and I used to participate in office gossip and I felt so bad afterwards. And I, once I got caught, I actually got caught gossiping and the person was so hurt and I felt like the shittiest human being after that. Like I made the other person feel so terrible and in that moment, I was, well, first I was embarrassed. I was, and I was also upset by how much I had hurt this other person by just giving in to gossip And after that moment, I knew I had to change because I never wanted to inflict that kind of hurt on anyone ever again. And I never wanted to feel such shame for myself ever again. So the reason why gossip makes you hate the workplace and makes other people hate the workplace and creates a toxic environment is that the more negativity you spread about someone else and the more you talk about it, the worse not only are you that you're going to feel, but you're also fueling yourself with hateful and negative comments and negative thoughts. And that makes it very, very difficult to enjoy being at work. And the same for others, right? Not just for you, but for those around you. Negativity is is contagious, if not more so than positivity sometimes because it's so fueled and it's so easy to go down the negative route, right? So and another reason is because deep down, you know this to be true Whoever gossips to you is probably gossiping about you. And what this does and the reason why it creates a toxic team environment is it develops a lack of trust amongst the team and makes you feel insecure, right? Which is just another negative emotion that can make going to work feel really discouraging. And I just had this, um, this, this is so true on the personal level as well. I was sitting there with a bunch of acquaintances and one of the women was gossiping about her best friend, not just venting about something that her best friend did. There's a difference between venting and gossiping. Venting is because this person may have hurt your feelings and you're trying to vent to work through the situation. Gossiping is you just mean to be nasty and be hurtful. So she was gossiping about this person, her best friend, and I'm thinking to myself the whole time I'm sitting there, Do I really want to put any time and effort into growing this acquaintance into a friendship? Because in that moment, all I felt was if they're gossiping about that person who's supposed to be their best friend, are they also gossiping about me? So it felt really, really uncomfortable. So, Abraham Lincoln has a great quote on gossiping, and it's just because it is legal, it doesn't mean it is the right thing to do. It wasn't just about gossiping. Um, It was about, I forget what it was about, but it's a great one with regards to gossiping. Just because it is legal doesn't mean it is the right thing to do. So, here's what you can do. When trying to avoid the office gossip, the best advice I can give you is just to like literally just walk away. Take yourself out of the environment. This is the easiest thing you could do and it's so simple. So when you hear your coworkers gossiping about someone else, just walk away because what will happen is eventually they're going to stop unloading negativity on you and you will start to feel more positive about the people that you work with. Also, resist the urge to participate, right? Take the path of least resistance. Do not allow yourself to get sucked into the gossip vortex. Before before gossip spreads, here's something you can actually do if you don't want to walk away. This is really, really important. If you're like, well, I don't want to walk away. What you can do when the person approaches you with gossip, simply just change the subject, right? If they continue, you can just say, I don't feel comfortable discussing that. Or if you hear gossip and you haven't seeked it out, don't spread it, right? Don't spread it. Let that information sharing, if you will, end with you. Also, on the other side of that, if you're the subject of gossip, just talk directly with the person who's spreading it, right? Sit down with them. Ask them to talk to you directly. Do you have any questions? Do you? Is there anything that I can help you get to know about me more so that you don't feel the need to gossip, right? This is so, so important. And something else that I teach is ask yourself some questions. So before you gossip, before you say something out loud, Simply ask yourself, how would it make you feel if someone said this about you? This will help you to determine whether you're venting or gossiping. Um, How would it make you feel if the other person found out and confronted you? And next, is it even true, right? But maybe it is. So the next question you ask is, is repeating it necessary? And another thing you can ask is, is it honest and compassionate with the person's best interest at heart? Is this the most loving thing I can say about this person? This is so important, right? Try not to talk about people behind their back, but and instead try to give constructive criticism face-to-face. So I'm not saying sweep people's issues or problems or mistakes under the rug. I'm saying face them face-to-face in a respectful kind and supportive way treating them as a human being let's not forget that the other person on that end is a human being with feelings with things that you may not know are going on in their life so that's why the questions are so important the self-reflective self-coaching questions how would it make you feel if someone said this about you how would it make you feel if this person found out and confronted you and even if it's true Is it worth repeating, right? Is it necessary that I repeat it? And then from there, make the decision. This is so great. So there's two sides of this, right? Confronting a person who's gossiping about you, but also ensuring that you're not gossiping yourself. This is you being a leader. This is you doing what everyone else may not be doing and you just being kind and respectful, and you as well putting the human back in human resources. So this is a really great way to do this yourself and to ensure that you are not a part of the spread. So the second thing in here, the second barrier is recognize turf protecting. So there's this really great book. um, It's John C. Maxwell and it's the 360 leader. And it made so much sense to me and really changed the way I worked in a team and even the way I view competition. So what protecting your turf means is keeping everything to yourself, keeping your ideas to yourself, keeping your projects to yourself, keeping your office space to yourself, keeping your supplies and your content and your projects to yourself. Basically everything you feel you might lose to someone else, to yourself. So in the book, John C. Maxwell says that protecting your turf is often about power and the quote unquote turf protector protects whatever is theirs because they don't want to lose the power. Meaning if they lose the power, they might not win, which usually comes down to them not being confident and them not feeling good enough. That's why they want to have control and that's why they want to have the power and the control over other people people who protect their turf will feel that if someone has what they have or, or or have what they want, they won't get it, right? They feel like there's not enough to go around for everyone. So what happens if they believe this, they actually fight to keep everything to themselves that they feel belongs to them. Because if it belongs to them, they protect it. So you don't have to protect your turf, first of all. Recognize the turf protectors. And if you are like, oh my God, I know who these turf protectors are, understand that it's because they're really, really afraid to lose power. And when you can see it from a different perspective, you can communicate with them in a different way to make them feel safe and supported. Okay. If you just realize that you're the turf protector, what I want you to know is it's totally normal. Success is not finite. There's enough to go around for everyone. And if you feel that you're the quote unquote turf protector, I just want you to begin to remind yourself that just because one person has it doesn't mean you can't. Because in the workplace, it's about the team, it's about the company, it's about the client, right? So the moment you try to keep everything to yourself, all of those things suffer, including yourself. So the most successful people are actually the ones who work really well with others and work really well on supporting others and respecting their competitors' successes, right? So I have many competitors out there, and I love that because it means that I'm not the only one holding space um, for wanting to make a difference in people's lives, for wanting to strengthen people's emotional, mental, and attitudinal muscles, and that's really amazing because I can't reach 7 billion people in the world, and not everyone will resonate with my message and my language and my voice and my teachings. So the more of us who are doing it, the more positive impact that we can make in people's lives and in the world, right? So, in this case, ask yourself, what would you consider your turf? And have you been protecting it out of fear of losing it? And if you recognize someone else is protecting their turf, the next step is going to be really, really important, which is having respect for your coworkers, right? Yeah. If your mind is going right now, but they don't show me respect, why should I respect them? Uh, listen, Jane, all right, I get it. It's simply because you're a leader, okay? You're a leader, you know it's right, and two two wrongs don't make a right. You already know that, right? So if they're not showing it to you, I get it. It's not right. It might not feel really good, but you doing it back to them is just going to spread the toxicity in the workplace. It's not good. And listen, it doesn't create great team harmony. So sometimes as a leader... We need to be willing to show up in a way that other people aren't showing up and we need to leave by example because respect in the workplace, not just in the workplace, but out there in the world, it actually creates great team harmony. So if you want to enhance not just your positivity at work, but others, you need to be respectful, even with people who don't initially put in any effort at being respectful back, because I believe strongly that what you give, you get back okay so if you lead the way if you're respectful people will eventually show you the same respect this is where this comes really important this is where the leader steps in if that's not happening and you're being a leader and you're being respectful but this one team member continues to do the bullying continues to do the gossip continuing continuously gives like really negative Backlash, criticism, or is just like a total douche 24 7, right? Now it's your responsibility to go to your boss, to go to the manager, to go to the human resources department and let them know, right? Again, in a respectful way. Then it becomes you, the leader, if you're out there listening, you, the leader, it becomes your responsibility. If you allow that to continuously happen, I'm telling you right now, the respectful person that you want on your team, right, who's creating great team harmony, they're going to be the ones to leave and you're going to end up with the douchebag, all right? We don't want that because that's just going to continue to spread that toxicity. So I find a really great way to learn to respect each other is to find just some like non-work related things in common, right? It could be sports, it could be fashion, it could be children, it could be hobbies, it could be pets, really great way to do this is just to find common ground with one another. Here's why. What I see happen is when people don't have the same work style, it can cause friction and it causes this like lack of respect for each other. But if we can see someone as a whole person, not just their job, not just the task that they're having, that's where their respect will start. So... What I've seen happen often is when this begins to happen and people start to form these bonds, like real team bonds, they start to see that someone might be struggling in their job because they haven't been comfortable asking for help, and now that you have this bond, you can say, "Hey, Jane, I see you've been having, I see you've been having a bit of a struggle there. Is there anything I can help you with?" now jane is gonna feel good about saying yes as a matter of fact oh my god thank you so much i've really been wanting to come and ask for help but i felt so afraid right this is what happens when we treat each other like human beings okay not just bums in a seat we're human beings and we're all going to be different we're going to have different ages different genders different culture backgrounds different values different personalities different education different work ethic right we're all different different strengths different weaknesses but it's those differences that what that what that's what makes a great team so if you can embrace that if you can respect that if you can allow that to spread that enhances positivity in the workplace now you have a cohesive team so now if jane is weak in one area but bob is strong in another well how can they work together in a team so that they ensure that one's not suffering right this is so important well maybe that needs to go to Bob or maybe Bob needs to help Jane right if Susan is really strong at something and then really weak at another thing and but she recognizes that someone else maybe Jane is really good at it it's Susan's responsibility to go to Jane and be like I see you're really good at this this seems really easy to you can you take five minutes of your time to teach me That's what creates a cohesive team. It's not everyone being at the same level. It's about recognizing and paying attention and knowing who each other is and knowing who you are. And again, I'm gonna repeat this because it's so important, being a human being, right? No matter what your role is in the company, every single person there is a human being, right? Every single person is a human being. No one is better than anyone else. You are not better than anyone. No one is better than you. You're all human beings with your own strengths, with your own weaknesses, with your own likes, with your own dislikes, with your own personalities, your own values, your own work ethic. Everybody's different. And that is what makes a great team. When you know it and when everyone is in the, the proper role and you have that respect, right? The respect from the bottom to the top, to the top, to the bottom. That's what creates a cohesive team. And having a positive workplace, it takes communication and it takes teamwork. It takes teamwork. But if you want to start somewhere, start with these steps. Start with these incorporations. Start having these conversations. Start bringing in facilitators and workshops and challenges and goals around these things. And remember, here's the broken record, okay? Whatever your position, you're a leader. And... Not only are you a leader, but you can have a positive impact on everyone around you. Whatever it is that you're doing, it can be contagious, right? You can unleash your inner contagiously positive for you and your team. And if you work in a toxic environment and that company doesn't want to make any changes and they don't want to turn around, best advice I could give you is perhaps it's time to look for a new company to work for. So we're going to end there. We've been chit chatting for an hour. That was a lot of information to take in. It's a good, good place to begin. Go back and repeat this, go through the steps, incorporate this into your human resources, into your your policies and procedures. And number one thing here, each and every single one of you is a human being and deserves to be treated like a human being. You are not a robot. And it is okay to be perfectly imperfect. We're all here to learn and to grow and to change and to evolve. And that is a constant. That is a constant. You don't just learn it and then you're good to go, right? We're in a constant state of learning and changing and growing and evolving. So thank you so much for sticking around with today's share. I truly appreciate you being here and supporting the podcast if you like this, share it. If you didn't like this, that's okay too. Whatever it is that this makes you feel is totally normal and totally okay with me. But regardless, what all I want for all of you is to be happy, to be healthy, and of course, to be contagiously positive. Bye, everyone.